Hey everybody, welcome to the Forge Tech Help Show. Sorry for the delay, it's having a little technical difficulties in uh, remembering how this stream works. <laughs> um, thanks for everybody who's viewing today. As always, please leave any of your questions um, in the chat. If you want me to answer your question live, please make sure to leave a tip in the tip section at forgetechhelpshow.com. So today we're coming to you live from the Fortress of Solitude, or uh, Superman's lair, where he talks to his his uh his dad, his virtual dad. Um, so we got some great news today. We're gonna go over some new apps, some tech I like, some books I like, and let's get started. So first up, we have this new, coming from Search Engine Journal. We've got uh, this new app that's out. It's all the rage. It's the new social media for you to hate. And that is Byte. It's not TikTok. TikTok is old news. We got Byte now, which is sort of like TikTok. Uh, Byte is actually from the original founders of Vine. If anybody's ever heard of Vine, it was a, it was a very popular app. And then it was purchased and shut down. And uh, I think the founders did not like that. So they finally put together a new a new uh, app for you to use. Uh, I have seen a lot of uh, reports though that there's a lot of spam comments coming through. So it must be really easy for bots to connect with. Um, but this is your new tool to hate or love that you can use for your business. And next up, actually both of these apps are kind of for home and business. So I figured I cover it kind of in sequential order back to back so from uh i got this article from mac rumors but i initially saw this when the iphone 11 pro was launched and i uh there's a, another youtube channel from i justine she's way more, she's got tons of followers and she has a good demo on this app so this app's actually from filmic pro and they make video recording apps for your iPhone. They do pretty good professional quality. And in the iPhone 11 Pro video, they showed all these cool captures of all the four different camera angles that you have on that phone. And that's front and facing, and then three on the back. And so this article, all these articles I'll post later. Um, this article from Filmic Pro for their new app called Double Take. And this one's free. The Filmic Pro app is paid for. But as you can see in this this little screen cap that you're going to get your front face facing and three um, other camera angles that you can use. And this this would be good for like kind of what I'm doing if you're doing it um, with another person maybe. Or you really need to show what's on the other side of the camera. And it does a bunch of different side-by-side, top-and-bottom, different angles. You can save directly to your phone. I believe you can also save to Dropbox. I used to use it when I first started my channel. So I was just using my iPhone to record everything. And it made it a lot simpler. Um, but when it comes down to doing all these kind of things, it's a little bit harder. So, But I'm interested to see what it can do in the future. And what we can do with these phones that basically have a really good quality 
cameras built into them. Obviously, you have to know how to use them right, or you're not going to get good quality. So, all right. So, next up is it's kind of an old one, but I fear I go back to it because I got a letter in the mail from the residents in my neighborhood, even though I don't have a homeowners association. Um, I've, I assume it was just a marketing thing from Ring to promote their neighborhood app, which basically. It's an app that connects with your ring doorbell to show what's going on in the neighborhood so you can know if something bad's happening. And that video is then shared with the local um, sheriff's office or um, authorities. And there's a real gray line with privacy there um, because I maybe I don't want to share. And they do let you opt out. but So now they're also sharing your uh, video with Facebook, which is great. Which is weird, though, because uh, I believe Amazon owns Ring now. Seems like everybody's owned Ring, because Richard Branson bought it, and then now Amazon bought it. So, anyway, I've, I've switched from Ring to August. I'm sure they'll have something come up where I want to switch again. But according to this article and the Electronic Front Frontier Foundation... They are now sharing what you do online somehow. Or Facebook tracks what you do online. Oh, so it tracks what you're doing on the app and not necessarily the actual doorbell. Even though the app does show your doorbell. And another Facebook news. Facebook's, they're always in the news for great things. Um, the new off Facebook activity portal lets you know what you, you're... Bleh. I'm going to start over. <laughs> the new off-Facebook activity portal lets you know where you're being followed. So, I don't know if you've noticed on your Facebook app or if you still go to the website that they have a notification saying, click here to check your privacy settings and fix all that. And that way you can see your off-Facebook activity so you can see everything where they're tracking. And there's a great tool to kind of circumvent this. It's in a as far as I know, it's in the browser <clears throat> live streaming <laughs> on the browser uh, for uh, Firefox. There's an extension called the Facebook Container, which I believe is directly from Firefox, and it actually specifically blocks Facebook from doing this type of thing. But for more information, check check out this article from Ars Technica. Hi Rachel, thanks for your comment. Yes, fine is is was really great. I don't think I ever use it. I, I'm too much of a boomer. Um, I do love keeping up with the new tech and trying it for a little while and seeing if I like it. But I know eventually I'll be overrun by advertisers or purchased, and it's it's hard to enjoy sometimes when you work in tech to enjoy the tech. Uh, another cool, exciting article. I actually have one of these. Um, actually, it's actually a good one. From The Verge. Nest thermosets can alert homeowners of potential heating or cooling problems. So what it does, um, basically, since it's connected to your, uh, everyone says HVAC. I like to say HVAC because I feel like that's shorter. I don't know if that's the proper term. Please correct me in the comments. That'd be great. Um, I say that sarcastically. 
but basically it's already connected so it will send you warnings and alerts if there's uh, any issues with the performance of your HVAC um, so and I love I really like the Nest thermostat I try to stay away from too many internet of things or home tech because of all the things they track or just another thing to plug in to charge um, but this definitely saves you money if you're um, trying if your biggest expense is your power bill for your AC especially if you live in North Florida where it's cold and hot alternate days like I'm wearing a jacket now I think a couple days ago I was wearing shorts this is a good tool or good um, ther uh, thermostat <laughs> that's the word I was looking for and basically it can like um, if you leave your house it'll go on standby mode and kind of turn off or else will actually stay at the temperature that you set it to uh, versus some other ones. So uh, for more information, check out this article from The Verge. And uh, before we move on, I was just going to kind of quickly tell everybody that this is going to be a shorter show than normal than the one other show I've done that I have to leave for an appointment. And so I'll be going to about 11.45 today, uh, Central Time. This one, uh, this next one is pretty cool. Um, I don't know if y'all know about Vimeo. It's like the uh, YouTube for business. Basically, that's what they become. They used to try to compete with YouTube. It's basically a video hosting platform, and you can use it to resell your videos for courses, like I believe a website that teaches people how to drum. Drumio, they use Vimeo to host their videos, and you can uh, actually resell them. And then you'd use like YouTube to show like clips. So they've launched this new tool. Um, I forget what they call it. The Video Maker. It's basically if you ever use Canva, the Canva app. It's like a quick way to make little social media posts. So this one is video based. So let me get over. I don't know if you can, can kind of see that one. So basically it's got this video. I haven't used it a whole lot to see if you can change the actual video um, to another stock video. But it's good. Little promos right there. Hopefully you can find one that fits your business. Uh, if you try another one. So basically it sort of gives you like a little uh, marketing program. I'm not sure how much you have to be connected to Vimeo to use it. But obviously you're doing something to get people to use Vimeo more so definitely check that out that's called the Vimeo maker this one I heard about recently wasn't that excited about it at first because I use a, a competitor called Google Voice where you get a free business phone number that you don't have to pay for it has some tools that you can use to basically set up your own landline and you can text people through the Google Voice app um, and that's basically what this service does that raises 200 million is open phone and basically they kind of do the same thing but to another level so it's more for if you're like I'm a one person business so Google Voice is okay or I don't have like where I need like a call center or something where I need multiple routings um, 
or if like if you work at a college and there's a bunch of different departments you usually have like one 800 number and then you have to dial an extension so that's basically what they're offering so you have different groups you get a free 1-800 number that you can use and they also have apps in the online platform as well I love the TechCrunch articles because they put the links to what they're talking about at the top so I don't have to read them in depth. (laughs) So the new phone for business. Doing a free ad for you, open phone. So you have private and shared phone numbers. I I can see myself upgrading to this eventually. Um, This one is, that is the other thing. It's not free. It is a, I believe it was $10 a month, and I'm sure they have other tiers that you can upgrade to. But there's a lot of tools like that, like Cricket. I don't know, grasshopper.com um, has those kind of things. I use a call answering service because I don't have a receptionist. And those kind of things, they definitely help take the tasks off of you so you can focus on the work that you do. And I, me, I, I love efficiency. I love saving time so I can focus on making, not making more money. That's great. That's what keeps the business going. But where I can actually do what my business was created to do, not just constantly uh, do my taxes and um, answer phones. Um, I mean, I'll do... Basically, I have someone answer the phone, and then we'll set up an appointment, and I'll call them back. But I can't answer every phone call because you get a lot of spam calls, a lot of sales calls. And you have to really weed those kind of things out, and I think using these services really help. Um, So I'm going to do one more article, and then we're going to take a little short break. So this one I actually just saw before the start of the show so I haven't gone in depth to it so this is for from search engine journal Uh, use a lot of their articles because they have good articles Um, so you have a WordPress site a lot of themes use this plugin uh, page builder called Elementor and it's really cool so if you ever use like Squarespace or any like like Wix where you can drag and move elements over or create new elements. Um, Elementor, it's kind of like that for WordPress. So there's a new page builder plugin vulnerability. And that's like every plugin for WordPress. Like you this is and everybody loves WordPress, but I don't love constantly having to keep it up to date and secure. But that does pay the bills, I guess. So we're actually gonna dive into this one together. So so it's, uh, it allows a hacker to run a script from another site to do things. So it has cross-site scripting. So I'm sure it's some sort of permission issue. Yeah, that's not, this is, uh, I definitely can't really go through this in depth and explain what the things mean in not techies. Um, but this article does a good job at it. Um, basically, what it's saying is just update your Elementor plugin. I would, if if you know how to do it, is update it by deleting the old one and then update a new one. So then you 
don't risk any any of the old files being left over and being open to this cross-site scripting. So there's got this example that they've used for the Jumanji video. So it looks like it hasn't been officially exploited. Some researchers or other users have found the bug and have let them know. And they did publish an update. The vulnerability does affect version 2.8.4 and older. So if you have 2.8.5, the current version, you should be okay. So basically, for WordPress, definitely make sure you keep everything up to date. Uh, make sure you have very secure passwords, um, good permissions in all your files. If you know how to do that on your server... Um, because WordPress sites get attacked a lot. Um, that's why I always liked Drupal, but, and Drupal 8 has made it a lot more like WordPress. So they're getting to where people actually want to use it. Uh, developers love it because it's a lot more secure. Um, it doesn't, and you can customize it a lot more on, so then you don't even need as many plugins. So... That's just one I found today, and I thought these ones are kind of important because, because uh, say you have your own home blog, and you're using Elementor, or a theme that you bought that has Elementor, you want to make sure that's updated. And definitely, if you have a business and your website's using Elementor, you want to make sure it's updated because you definitely don't want to, um, like cross-site scripting, you can end up sharing people's passwords and information and you don't want to do that. Um, but also it opens it up to a lot of malware as well. Alright, so I'm going to take a... I'm going to do a shorter break this time. I think last time it seemed a little too long. So I'm going to do about a three minute break. Next time I'm going to have a little countdown thing going. I didn't have time to work on that. Um... But I'll be right back in about three minutes. So go get your drink, go to the bathroom, um, get some coffee, do some jumping jacks, I don't whatever you want to do. But I'll be back in three minutes. Alright, and we're back. Look, I have some technical difficulties on my mainstream camera. So I'm using my little computer camera. I hope you had a great break. It got me some pure leaf tea unsweetened. With stevia. Mm. <clears throat> All right. So let's get back at it. So the reason I have this article up is, I don't know if you all follow Gary V. He's big on YouTube. He's kind of a big marketing guy out of New York. Got famous for his online widen business and how he promoted that. And he's really good at what he does. I'm not saying he's not. But a lot of stuff he says is very basic. And he just says it very loud and confidently with a lot of cuss words. Um, but basically he's been promoting that everyone needs to get back on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, is where it's at. And so I've gotten back on LinkedIn. And so I have this article to kind of show you um, a way to... Get your business back on LinkedIn and start engaging with people. 
because so, uh, especially if you're trying to work with more stakeholders, people who actually, if you're trying to reach people who actually make decisions in a business, a lot of them are going to be on LinkedIn. Um, but they're all, also not going to be on it all day. They're going to be on it at specific times. Um, so you really have to be strategic with how you use it. So this is a good article from Inc. Magazine to check out. All right. Um, so I have this article from Search Engine Land on 17 ad platforms you should try, which sounds a little daunting at first if you think about it. Um, there's so many ways you can advertise now, especially like like Facebook connects with Instagram. You have Google Ads. You have the Google. You have YouTube. You have so many other things. And uh, so here's 17 platforms you can try. So first up, Microsoft Advertising, uh, which I guess uh, they've renamed because it was Bing Ads last I checked. I guess they probably the reason maybe they rebranded is now they they do so many ads on Windows 10 now that they're probably connecting with that as well now which I never click on. Apparently, some people do. Um, but they also could connect with Yahoo and AOL's ad platform, which didn't know that AOL... I know AOL exists as a company, but I know they still existed as a search engine. Um, AOL actually owns TechCrunch, who had a previous article about. Um, so they have, say they have 116 million daily users, 5.5 uh, 5 million desktop searches and 30% 36% of the overall desktop search market um so that's a little cool marketing numbers i guess so especially when i mean if you're targeting people maybe an older generation that still i mean i still search on the desktop i guess i would be considered that older generation um but these are people Typically, when someone searches on the desktop, they're either, that's all they know, they don't know to use their smartphone, or they're directly looking for a specific product to buy and to learn more information about it. So, if you're trying to target people with that um, plan in mind versus doing more of like a branding campaign where it's more broad and you just kind of want to reach everybody, let them know you exist. If you're being more specific, Bing is something to look into. Um, so then they list out some ways that, that you can do that by generating more phone calls, engagement, bringing foot traffic. Another sort of promotional platform uh, is uh, Bing Places for Business. It's like Google My Business where you verify your address and they show it on any platform that uses the Bing Maps are are people searching on Bing for local businesses? So if you're trying to get local, also look into that because that one's free. Um, and they also have the Bing Webmaster Tools if you want to submit your site to Bing. So I definitely want to set up your site for that because that's free as well, and you get sort of like their version of Google Analytics from it. And Sakura, um, I didn't even realize that they 
had ads. I don't usually pay attention to them, I guess. Quora is a question-specific search engine. So if you're like me and you like to look up the symptoms of whatever you're feeling and you don't want to look on WebMD or you just have a particular question that no one's really answered, you can go to Quora and find typically somebody who knows the answer and not, not just somebody that's just responding the answer to that question. Um, so trying to think about how that could be used. Um, probably more for like, a like how to use AirPods or what, what are, um, the benefits of apple cider vinegar and you want to specifically target those searches. So these are very specific, uh, measures. Uh, ad roll. This is a, a new one that I might need to check out. Um, so it, it's a platform that integrates with Shopify, WooCommerce, and BigCommerce. So it looks like it's m maybe geared towards more um, product-based ads. Um, I don't know a lot about that one. I definitely want to come back and check that one out later. Amazon. Obviously, you have to sell your products on Amazon to do an Amazon ad. But typically, if you do an Amazon ad, though, and you have good reviews, they'll be shown in the top of the searches when you're searching for a product. Oh, look, another one I don't I haven't heard about. Um, Taboola. I don't know if exactly. It's a native advertising platform. It's a way to promote content on someone else's blog. Oh, okay. So it's like when you go to a blog and it, you read an article and it has a link to another article that's not actually from that site. That's how they, they use that. And uh, typically it was a it was Outbrain that did that, I believe. It looks like they merged with Taboola or Tabola. Uh, Taboola sounds cooler, so I'm going to go with that. Reddit. Um, it's a forum for user-generated content. But, so, I think this is more for targeting people who are real, like, evangelists of, like, a service, or, like, they're really in the Game of Thrones, or they're really in the Star Wars, like, these are people who are usually really into whatever topic that you're uh, targeting them on. So, if you're, if you're looking for that type of group, uh, Reddit might be a good way to go. Here's another one I haven't heard about. I'm going to check out later. Buy, sell ads. Looks like they do all type of ads. You can do podcast ads. So, if you're listening to on the on the podcast as well, um, you can't see any of this, but so make sure you go to our YouTube channel and subscribe so that you can see all the articles. I will try to link them in the description with the podcast as well if you're watching later or listening later. Info links, not sure about that one. LinkedIn ads is one I actually did recently to kind of promote my uh, business page for Ford, the Ford's Tech Up show on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, make sure you follow me there. I'll probably start posting. And I did an ad just to kind of let the business owners out there know that this has a show. And I, I think I reached a pretty good audience for about um, 
without really spending a lot. I don't think they really explain well they're targeting them. Versus like Facebook, you can get pretty granular and you don't really have to spend a lot. Like I just did an ad for a business I work work with. They're promoting uh, new spots they're leasing. And they're building a new section to their shopping center. And I did a Facebook ad for like $100 and reached a ton of people, specific people. And got people interested in calling them about leasing a spot and just getting the the people in the neighborhood interested about it as well. Pinterest. Rachel, if you're still watching, maybe you you've seen a lot of Pinterest ads. Um I've been on Pinterest a little bit recently. Or is it Pinterest? Pin Pinterest. Maybe that's why I don't go on. I can't even say say what it how to pronounce it. Um so if you're on there, I think typically like you go on someone's list and you see um, like their pins and you look at, you click on that pin and then you'll see like what looks like more pins of theirs, but they're really ads for another, another site. They're, they really kind of stick in there. So you don't even notice them a little bit. Um, Looks like it says they offer a robust tracking platform so you can see which strategies are paying off. Sounds like marketing speak. Snapchat. Um, I, I think this one I guess I need to start looking into. I don't really use Snapchat a lot. I don't take a lot of take a lot of uh, pictures or, or just use that kind of thing. Um, for me, TikTok, I would kind of hold back because I feel like everyone's going to just swarm it with ads and then everyone's just going to ignore your ad. Because uh, most social media, people get on social media not to get a bunch of ads. So you don't really want to blend in. I think maybe using TikTok as more of a promotional tool right now sounds better. Especially when, unless you're really, really targeting that younger audience. YouTube ads is, I think, should, I don't know if this is a ranking or just a listing. But I put YouTube ads up a little higher. Because, like I said before, YouTube's one of the the second top search engine to Google. And, obviously, Google owns them, so everything kind of connects. But I would recommend not doing a Google ad um, this this is directed to NBC Universal. If you're watching somehow, is not doing a YouTube ad that's 43 minutes long that comes on during the middle middle of a video that you actually want to watch. Um, because I'm gonna skip it every single time that it comes up, and it makes me not to want to watch Nora's Infinite playlist. So, um, sorry for that rant right there. But yeah, YouTube's got a really large audience, got a really large following. And if you use it right, you can get a lot of traction. It's really good for if you're doing like a branding campaign, you want to get a lot of exposure. I don't know, if you're trying to get direct response, it might be a little harder. Unless it's like, if you're what, if you're, like if I go to YouTube and I'll watch a video like how to use a Canon M50 camera, and 
then an ad pops up for Canon M50 camera um, accessories, maybe. Or maybe for that camera, it depends, I guess, what the video is. That's one way to do more of a direct response. Um, Propel Media sounds a little outside of my... Sounds like a bigger audience. So there's a, there's a lot on here I've never even heard of. Spotify, they have a good one. They just started a Spotify for Brands ad campaign. Um, Pandora, so... Initially, when, I, when I've done Spotify and Pandora campaigns, you're kind of targeting different audiences. Different age groups use these apps. So, my age and up, people would say, use Pandora. So, if you're targeting somebody in their 30s, then you use Pandora. Spotify, for younger, um, and I think Apple Music is ad-free, if I'm correct. Um, but now they're, they've kind of blended. It's kind of people use both now. So I think you have to really research their demographics first. But those are that's a you notice that none of these lists um the local radio station or local TV station um cuz that's not where people are really engaging. It's more where people are tuning out. So it, it, there's a certain generation that does still connect with that. And if you're targeting them, then that's a good place to go. So those are 17 fun ways to target for your advertising campaign. Um, this next one was actually one I wanted to talk about last time, but I kind of forgot to include it. Kind of seems to happen. Is And so GoDaddy uh, unveiled a new logo. And you can kind of see part of it. So I'm going to cut it off. Well, I mean, it's in this picture as well. So if you remember GoDaddy, or I mean, most people know GoDaddy. They did a, they used to do a ton of commercials all the time with Danica Patrick. Um, so if you're familiar with the show Doug from Nickelodeon, um, there was a kind of a, I don't know if he was an antagonist, but his name was Roger. He was green. He had orange hair, and he looked exactly like the GoDaddy logo guy for a while um so now GoDaddy has unveiled a new and amazing logo which I, I can I see the G um maybe it's G-O like go so it looks like a so like a sideways G and a sideways O and 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 they merge together it's like I'm getting a phone call yeah um So remember that for next time. So GoDaddy's got a new logo. <laughs> and so it's sideways G, sideways O. And I don't think it's that great. I know there's a big thing for simple logos now. And so they're they're trying to rebrand and, and sound cool and and hip. And I'm just not getting the vibe I think it, to me it's just, so okay here we go so here's the the side by side so it didn't look exactly like Roger but 
Obviously, it doesn't look like it's from 1995 anymore, and I think that's good. Um, I like the font that they kind of used. I don't know how I feel about the teal because it kind of hurts my eyes to look at. Um, it's more like the G and O, and it looks like a heart, and I I don't really understand what they're going for. And they had some cool graphic design explanation, like it, it embraces the essence of cool or whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll grow on me. What what if, what do y'all think out there? Do you like it? Does it make you want to barf? Um, are you indifferent? Did you even know that there was a GoDaddy? Uh, hopefully you did. Um, I do use them a lot for my products because they have good prices and they're easier to use. They used to be really bad to use, but since they've merged with some other companies, they've been a lot easier to deal with. All right, next up, the top web design trends of 2020. And I don't know if a lot of these are for 2020, but they're things to consider when you're um, designing. also want this screenshot here of a Photoshop mock-up kind of want those tools <laughs> the, the practice uh, web layouts so minimalism which like you kind of saw with the GoDaddy logo it's very minimal not a lot to it so and this will kind of go with one of my books I suggest is very you want to be very simple and direct help people find what they're looking for and then help them make that transaction or interaction or conversion versus having all this cool stuff and lights and flashes and it's just going to be overwhelming and people will just go away because you got to realize that a lot of people are not going directly to your homepage they're going to search for you and like they're going to find they want to know when you're open and if you don't take them directly there or you have a bunch of stuff distracting from that then they're going to give up after a few seconds and go somewhere else um, can't see it. So there was a big trend, and it's still going on now. So you have kind of flat icons, sort of like the GoDaddy logo, where it's just kind of bl bland and flat. Um, and those were really used a lot. Um, but now it's more like custom drawn. So like, so look, I guess it looks more like a sketch icon. So. It's like a Facebook icon or like a handshake icon. Sort of like they're sort of like emojis, but very for very specific things. Um, there are some font icons that I use, like Font Awesome, is really good if you're wanting to use them on your website. So then they're like scalable. You don't have to worry about them being an actual image. Um, there's some good places that you can go to buy them, like. I mean, there's flaticons.com, and I think that company owns a different one where you can get these kind of things. So animated elements in motion. And that's kind of like the uh, Vimeo feature tool that I showed you earlier where um, there's a lot, there's sort of a lot of stuff going on, but it's more like in the background. And the the elements on it are directing you to make an interaction and sometimes to me that 
when you think about it for a website, though, it seems like this is contradicting the first one of minimalism. So, like, you, you see it a lot in WordPress themes. So, you scroll down, like, the page starts to expand. Like, the elements sort of animate and display in different, like, PowerPoint slide ways. Where they, like, fade in or fade out. Or, like, something spins. Um, uh, those kind of things are, are animations. And there's, so there's, like, if you're into building websites, there's CS animate.css that can do those kind of things uh, pretty easily so you don't have to customize it Geoma geometric shapes as you can if you go to like my website fordhanley.com they're one of my many websites you can see like kind of a use of geometric shapes um, to kind of fill in white space on the site and kind of direct people because you want everything that's animating to direct people to make an action or to go to where you want them to go versus being like a, I don't know, it made me think of, uh, for some reason, Zoolander where Magatu has them in that room and every, the thing starts spinning and then the video starts. It just seems really distracting. Um, so those, those are some trends to look out for when you're making your website this year. Uh, this next one's actually another podcast thought it was going to be an article um from digital marketer uh so it's a, their 2020 seo strategy um so if you're listening first listening to this i mean if you've gotten this far you've already listened um looks like i gotta start wrapping up looks like i'm going over my time yeah so check out this podcast uh after you listen to mine so last up, we got a book I like and tech I like. And I'm going to go through it really quick because I have to go to an appointment. So this next one, if you've ever read the book Blue Like Jazz or heard of the author Donald Miller, he has gotten into um, his own marketing business. It's come, uh came out a few years ago. But building a story brand, clarify the, your message so customers will listen. And that kind of goes with these last couple of things, like the minimalism, being direct, and helping people know what you're about and how you can help them. Um, that's a really good book, and he has like a, a workshop you can go to and learn all these things. Uh, I believe it's buildingastorybrand.com. I'm hoping to be a coach for him eventually. It's a little pricey, but I love that book. And this is sort of a home tech, business tech. If you don't like paying monthly for your for your internet modem, Usually about ten to twenty dollars, or you really needed to get a new one. I would get the uh, Surfboard Doxis three point one inch. At least it works for Cox cable where I am for business and home. Um, seems to be that Cox is very particular on what modems you can use. Um, but this, so there's different models. So I would check with them on what models they approve. But basically, you you like I bought my own modem that I'm gonna like I've had mine for like five years, and so I'm saving you know twenty dollars a month for five years versus paying them. There's a little work they'll probably make you work to cancel that that fee, um, but definitely 
if you can't get one of these. It's just the modem. It's not the router. Um, just the modem is the part that connects to your actual cable, uh, coax cable, to bring in the internet. Um, but it has DOCSIS 3.1, so you can eventually upgrade to fiber optic internet if it's available in your area, which is crazy fast. That's like the one gigabit internet. So, anyways, to wrap things up, this has been a great show. Ford's Tech Help, thanks for bearing with me through the technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, as we go, we're going to get better. Um, all, and if you have any questions, you can check me out on all the links below on the screen. And I'll post these links to the articles later. Alright, and have a great day.